Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Cedar Report Podcast, Energized by Celsius. Hope everyone had a great, great weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy Juneteenth. We're back here for a Monday episode. To start off the week, we'll be talking about Bucks camp sleepers on the offensive side of the ball. Some of the unsung heroes that have a chance to make an impact on the Bucks and potentially make the 53-man roster after training camp is all said and done. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place, Scott Reynolds of PeterReport.com. Scott, how are you doing? And I don't know about you, but this is going to be the best episode yet. This, this is, Matt. I mean, we're starting off the week on a Monday here. We got roll call coming up, you know, at, at 420 today, where we're going to find out where all these Peter people are watching today's show from, which is exciting. We do it every Monday. Uh, that's one of the benefits of being here live on our four o'clock show rather than watching the podcast version because you get to tell us in the chat where you're from where are you watching the show so very exciting uh news there but yes matt this this uh, is going to be a fantastic show probably the best we've ever done so that's really exciting and we're looking forward to talking about training camp sleepers today right training camp it might seem like it's it's um a long ways away but the the thing is, Adam already knows. Adam knows. I'm just saying. It's already Adam the best show yet. Good. He knows what's good. Um, I was I was talking with uh, with T. Kras, Tom Krasnicki from WDA. Ran into him yesterday at a whiskey tasting class at Total Wine uh, up here in Wesley Chapel, and wow. uh, we were just talking about how uh, you you know how the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's like five weeks, but it, it seems like it's like two and a half or three weeks. It just flies by. For yeah. for us, the Peter reporters, this time between right now and the start of training camp flies by. It's it's like about six weeks, but it seems like three because um, time flies when you want to have vacation time. You want to like unwind a little bit and. And it just it goes by fast. Like training camp will be here before you know it. I know Buck fans are, are super excited about that. We are too. But Matt, as you aptly covered on Thursday's show, this offseason's been the craziest offseason in, in Buck's history. I've done this for 27 years. There's there's never been an offseason crazier than this. Folks, if you missed Thursday's Peter Report podcast, Matt and Bailey broke down the top 10 craziest moments of the offseason. Go back and watch that show. It's it's fantastic. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, we went at like an hour and 15 minutes just because there was so much <laughs> to get into. And each moment was yeah. so crazy for different reasons that each moment deserved the amount of time to really yeah. analyze. And we did a lot of like, where were you when mm -hmm. this went on? And it's so funny, Scott, because this is kind of like as reporters, this is sort of like our off season right now, just in terms of. Obviously, right. when the season is going on, we're very busy with that. Then it's the draft coverage. Then it's, uh, you know, then it's free agency and the franchise tag and everything that goes on with right. that. Then it's the actual draft. And then it's OTAs and minicamp yes. and everything else in between. So, you know, we've already seen some of the big free agent signings, whether it was Russell Gage or even Akeem Hicks. It just happened so yeah. recently. But you kind of already had the big free agent signings. Right. You have, for the most part, there's still one more piece left to the puzzle, Rock. and that's that's Rob Gronkowski Rock. coming back. Rock. Outside of that, <laughs> you pretty much have an idea of where the team stands going right. into training camp, and then training camp, it's it's whole other thing. But as we talked about, this offseason has seen so much 
craziness and, and the chaos just keeps going. As soon as I close my laptop for a moment or put my phone away for five minutes, it seems like another deal is happening or another retirement's going on or there's a coaching change. Something is always going on. And Dominic Sue is on uh, ESPN, I believe, right now. He's being a, a co-host on NFL Live. I can only imagine what he's going to say. Maybe he'll retire on the show. Maybe he'll say that he's signing with someone. You just never know what's going to happen. So many different things have gone on this offseason. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's been nuts with with the retirements, the unretirement, um, a lot of these guys coming back. So yeah, it's been crazy. There's no doubt. Yeah, that's Matt. You there? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You're frozen okay. up on the screen, but I I am frozen. I didn't know if you were going to be able to hear me or not because I got the, uh, the little you. pinwheel going on my laptop. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that happens sometimes. Frozen. We can hear you. We'll we'll keep talking until the, the pinwheel stops. But but yeah, um, you know, technology is great when it works. Um <laughs> yeah, that, that's just how it is, not just for us, but for everybody out there and in, in uh in podcast land. Um I, I will say this. Uh we're, today we're gonna talk about offensive sleepers, training camp sleepers. I touched on some guys in Friday's SR's Fab Five column. And we'll talk about the defensive guys tomorrow. So the offensive guys today and then the defensive guys tomorrow. Matt's got a couple of, of players on his list that that he uh, talked about um, or he will talk about uh, today that are different from mine. And then we've got the, the defensive players that we'll talk about tomorrow. Again, three guys that I mentioned. And then, uh, Matt, you're going to have some other guys to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a couple guys on offense and defense that um, I think have stood out a little bit in OTAs and, and training camp. And you mentioned a couple of guys in your Fab Five, so they're not entirely different. Just a couple of players that I think you should keep your eye on in terms yeah. of might not necessarily make the 53-man roster. Some could, but others, I think, have a good shot at competing for a practice squad opportunity, which yeah. I think is still very important because we've seen the uh, the amount of times the the Bucks have went to the practice squad well to to bring players up when uh, injuries have yeah. occurred. I'm sorry for laughing, Matt. We're getting some funny comments in the uh, in the chat. And no, I'm all I'm all for it. I, I'm uh, one of those. We're I'm in entertainment. One those, I'm one of those kids in the class that like you know when when somebody said something funny or like back in elementary school when some kid farted, like I would would just crack up laughing. I mean that's just me. So <laughs> watching you frozen and then he. <laughs> your voice it's <laughs> cracking me up so here's what we're going to do we're going to go to a celsius commercial right now i'm going to put the celsius frame and when i do that matt you're going to just pop off Streamyard, and you're going to yeah. log right back in that sound sounds good sounds like a plan okay here we go so i'm going to talk about celsius right now because i saw one of our cool readers talk about here we go football fan i finally found the arctic blue celsius flavor yes arctic vibe is is blue and it's a, it's the newest celsius flavor and it's fantastic and tropical vibe is one of my favorites i had a tropical vibe celsius today and they also have peach vibe so whether it's uh, peach vibe celsius tropical vibe arctic vibe tremendous flavors that um are just packed with essential vitamins and and not just that but the essential energy that you need uh, to live fit because that's what celsius is it's, it's an energy drink seven essential vitamins 
no preservatives or artificial flavors or colors. And it's, uh, it's the, the best tasting energy drink that you're going to find. And it, it's not just in these flavors, folks. Uh, Celsius has a ton of flavors. Everything from peach, mango, green tea to all the sparkling flavors, the orange, which is one of my favorites, wild berry, watermelon, um, sparkling kiwi guava. There's all sorts of tremendous flavors for Celsius. And what they're going to do is they're going to give you the energy that you need without the sugar crash. Why? Because there's zero sugar. There's no preservatives or artificial flavors or colors in Celsius. So it's the best energy drink for you. It's also the one that's not going to give you the sugar crash, which is dynamite. Um, so where can you find Celsius? Well, I'm going to tell you where. You can go to Celsius.com and you can click on the store locator. And you can also click on the banner ads, the Celsius banner ads on pewterreport.com. And what they're going to do is you can uh, click on the store locator and put in your address. And then you're going to find out all these different locations of Celsius that, that is going to pop up around you. And you can go out there and, and grab a couple cans and try them. Or you can go to Amazon.com. That's what I do. I get the subscribe and save option. I save some money. They ship them right to my door. I never have to worry about Celsius uh, running out of my house because they come right to the door and I save money. If you don't like the sweet flavors, and they're not overly sweet people, they're, they're really great flavors. Um, but if you don't like the sweetness of some of the fruit flavors, um, I'm going to show you a couple cans here in a minute. I'm going to pack, uh, pop on here. This is the sparkling lime cucumber, and this is fantastic. Um, I'm not going to tell you that you can use this to, to mix drinks with because Celsius does not want me to tell you that. But if you were to try it, you would probably like it. The other thing that is amazing about Celsius is the cola flavored. Folks, sometimes you might want something different than, than a, uh, a fruit flavor. Well, the cola flavor is the answer. Uh, Matt's having some technical difficulties getting back on. So I'm going to go solo here for a few minutes until he jumps back aboard. But um, Celsius... It's the truth, people. It really is. Uh, highly recommend it. They're the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And so we greatly appreciate Celsius um, supporting us, and we hope that you support them. So uh, let's pop into a couple of questions here. Uh, Germ Deasy, go Bucks. I've never been more excited for a season ever. Yes, this is going to be an exciting season, folks. I mean, if you thought 2021 was exciting with the, 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 the prospects for a repeat, uh, that's one thing. If you thought 2020 with Tom Brady's arrival uh, and and uh, year two of Bruce Arians was exciting. Uh, I've got another thing to tell you, folks. The 2022 season uh, is is pretty darn exciting because it's, it's it's Todd Bowles. We're going to have a little bit of a different twist on the head coaching job here in Tampa Bay with a defensive minded head coach. So that's that's certainly one thing right there. Um, and, and also, too, I'm, I'm curious to see what Tom Brady can do to have an even better season, right? I mean, you're talking about the GOAT here. He had one of the greatest seasons of all time, uh, over 5,300 yards, set a Buccaneer single-season record for passing yards. Also was, I think, the third highest uh, sing, uh, passing single-season passing um, uh, year in, in NFL history. And, I mean, that that's incredible numbers for Tom Brady. What can he do to top that? Can he top that? I've 
would not put it past Tom to certainly have a better year. At the end of the day, though, what matters is the wins. Can they top 13 wins? Can they can they beat their 13 and 4 record from a year ago? I'm going to tell you right now, that might be a tall order. This year's schedule is brutal. It's tougher than it was last year in terms of the opponents they're going to face. Now, sometimes you can't rely on what happened last year, right? Nobody saw the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, especially in Joe Burrow's second season. So there's always going to be some surprises. But I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if there was, you know, if, if there was a better Buccaneer team this year, but maybe not 13 wins. Maybe it's 12 wins. Maybe it's 11 wins. Keep in mind, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl going 11 and 5 in 2020. It's not what you do in the regular season, as we found out last year. It's what you do in the postseason. It's getting to the postseason that matters. And it, it also means home field advantage. That's important. The Buccaneers had a chance at that last year, but unfortunately lost to the Rams. So that's not the end all be all either. But uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this season. I, I think that this is a unique season that's on deck. It could be Tom Brady's last, probably will be. Uh, the good thing is, is this is not Matt Matera's last podcast. He's back on. He's joining us again. So we were just talking about some of these comments here. Um, and we've got uh, Jim uh, Stenman. Celsius is, is even found here in Arctic Finland. That's awesome. That you can That's great. Celsius internationally. Because in about five minutes, we're going to find out exactly and I got a funny feeling Jim's going to say he's uh, listening and watching in Finland. But we're, we're going to find out exactly where you pewter people are watching today's show from. And we're going to do a roll call in about five minutes. So getting to a couple more uh, statements, questions, um, comments here from Chris Wolfinger. This is the first season since Brady came to the Bucks, I'm looking forward to watching the defense more than the offense. That's my man, Chris. There we I go. respect it. I respect it. Scott, uh, you probably didn't see this because you were hosting the show while I was, I was trying to get my laptop together. But as I mentioned before, I started freezing up that yep. uh, Dom Kinsu, uh was on NFL Live. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter just tweeted a couple minutes ago. He said, uh, and Dominican Sue on NFL Live, he said, uh, it looks like the Bucks are out of the picture. But uh, Sue did say he would like to continue playing. Not the yep. most shocking of news, but nonetheless, Indomitian mm-hmm. Sue does essentially mm-hmm. confirm that um, he's not going to be with the Bucks this season. Yep. But as we just talked about, a very exciting year for the defense in general. I don't know necessarily what I'm most excited about, but the first thing that pops in my head is just the duo of Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, yep. and Logan Hall. Uh, to see what they can do together as a unit for right. the first time working together, yeah. Um, all three of them, I think the defensive line is going to be a big bounce back, right? Uh, for them, there's a lot of um, a lot of bouncing back to do in terms of the entire defense, whether yeah, it's uh, you know, the defensive line and the outside linebackers getting to the quarterback more, you know, Joe Tryon Shainka wrapping up the quarterback a couple more times than he did last year. Yeah. Devin White, I think we've analyzed that a lot where, yes, he was a Pro Bowl player, but maybe didn't necessarily live up to our expectations of what we wanted from him. Less bull in a china shop, more cerebral out there as a linebacker. Yeah. And, of course, the secondary with players in contract years. Uh, Sean Murphy bunting, Kenny Holt down, the right. nickel corner position. A lot of retribution for uh, defensive players this year mm-hmm. uh, across the board on defense. Yeah. Can Jamel Dean get more interceptions? Can yeah. Carlton Davis get more interceptions, right? I think both those guys want more picks. It helps the team. It helps their their own causes, though, right? Um, yeah. 
Carlton Davis has got the money. I think now he wants the the respect from the league, and you get that by going to the Pro Bowl. Whether it's a farce or not, whether it matters or not, it matters to the players. It matters to agents because a lot of times they have incentive bonuses tied into whether they make the Pro Bowl. So we can sit there and laugh at the Pro Bowl. We can scoff at it. We can ridicule it, say it's it's not worth a damn. But it still does mean something. It means something to players. The more Pro Bowls you get, that helps your Hall of Fame resume. And you know who knows if Carlton Davis ends up getting to that status or not. But it starts with one Pro Bowl, right? And then you kind of stack from there. So if Carlton Davis, if he can hang on to some of those interceptions he dropped, he probably shed out five picks in half a season last year. If, if he could come away with that, five or six interceptions, th- that's going to help build his resume. Jamil Dean, if he gets five or six interceptions, he's going to get a huge contract from that, either from the Buccaneers or somebody else in free agency. So those two guys uh, really want to get more picks. The other guy that we'll mention in that contract year in a defensive uh, defensive backfield, Mike Edwards. Can yes. he be the true starting strong safety and and take as many reps at the position as Jordan Whitehead did? Or is this going to be a situation where he loses that job to, to newcomer Keanu Neal? Or are they going to split it? And if they're going to split the reps, is it 50-50? Is it 80-20? You know, is, is it 20-80 going in another different direction? So uh, a lot's on the line for uh, a, a lot of the players on on defense this year. And and I agree, Matt. I, I'm, I'm just as excited about the Buccaneer defense as I am the offense because this does need to be a little bit of a bounce-back gear, especially when you essentially lose that game on the defensive side against the Rams with that 44-yard dagger from Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think we want to see the defense. We know what we're going to get from the offense and Tom Brady. And sure, it's exciting to see Oh, how will it work with Russell Gage? And how will it work with Rashad White as, as right. receiving running back? But outside of that, I think we can kind of pencil in the, the box to score the magic 30 number again, or 29.9. Um, yep. You mentioned Edwards. I think without question, Mike Edwards is the player that I'm most looking forward to watching this year. Because yep. of everything you said, we know we can get the interceptions, but can he play right. a full rep of uh, an entire game of defensive snaps, not just coming yep. in when it's convenient? Should mention mm-hmm. right now, we're starting roll call it at is 420. Oh, cool. Let us know where you're at, Peter people. And as I will finish my point about just the defense in general. I think Mike Edwards, and this goes for Sean Murphy bunting, where and we talked about this before, but it, it deserves uh, importance in, in repeating. Um, they will be the starters to begin training camp. I don't even want to pencil them in for the start of the regular season when they go and, and play the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football should be a very exciting game, by the way, yes. odds are already out for that game. Uh, you should check it out. But these guys, while have having their starting position when training camp gets going in a couple of weeks, as you mentioned, you have Keanu Neal who could easily take over the starting safety spot. If there's issues uh, with Mike Edwards, if he can't handle an entire rep, or maybe he just struggles in the run game. And we all know that the presence that Jordan Whitehead was yeah. up in the box stopping the run. I don't think we gave him enough credit for what he did in the passing game, but that's right. I'm not saying Edwards has to repeat what Jordan Whitehead did, but you still have to show that you can at least be trusted and relied upon there. Sean yeah. Murphy bunting. If there's anyone that I think is going to lose their, who's going to be the quickest to lose their starting job. Unfortunately, yeah. I think it could be SMB. I really enjoyed watching Logan Ryan when um, he participated 
uh, in OTAs and and Bucks minicamp. I think we already saw just a little bit, a, a brief snippet of what Todd Bowles wants to do with Logan Ryan, whether it's yeah. putting him in the slot, whether it's blitzing him off the corner. I think Ryan, you know, it was so cool just hearing him talk about uh, other players that he looks up to. And obviously, Rondé Barber was a huge influence on him. Yeah. And I think he said one of the most fascinating things with Rondé Barber outside of all the accolades that we talked about on the Bucks mm-hmm. all-time Mount Rushmore is just the fact that Rondé was able to stay healthy. Uh, Scott, I think you said yeah. the stat last week where Rondé Barber didn't miss a game for 13 seasons in a row, like to yes. end his career. And Logan Ryan talked about the fact that um, he does more long distance running and he thinks that he's, that's really helped with his stamina out there, especially yeah. going to play in this heat in Tampa, Florida yeah. come training camp. So I really think Ryan is going to solidify himself as maybe not necessarily a starter, yeah. but a, a guy that's really going to go out there and, and be a presence for this Bucks defense and make plays, whether it's a big PVU, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, just making a stop at the line of scrimmage or That's coming right. down with an interception. I think that veteran presence where, you know, we saw it with Richard Sherman when he came in last year, but for the most part, the secondary has just been a young group and they've been learning together and yeah. it's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of highs. Not for them to grow up now, man. You got guys yeah, coming into the exactly. contract years and all that. So, yeah, that, that's definitely the situation. Appreciate everybody for, for participating in, in Roll Call. We'll do it again next Monday at 420. Awesome to see everybody from not just Florida, but from around the country and around the world. So, you guys well represented uh, the Buccaneer fan base here. So, we greatly appreciate that. As Rich reminds us, and we appreciate that, make sure you are – uh, subscribing to our Peter Report TV channel. That's yes. our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV. Hit the like button on our videos. What that does, that helps build our following because that little sidebar on YouTube where it suggests videos for you to watch, what that does is the more likes we have, the more often we appear there when it comes to Buccaneer content. And that helps us find other cool Peter people like you. So you guys can help us grow, and you already have, by hitting those those like buttons, those thumbs up buttons uh, on 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 this video here, on the one that you're watching right now, and every Pewter Report video we do, from the snippets of press conferences and interviews, and even snippets of the Pewter Report podcast shows that Matt puts up, to the actual Pewter Report podcast themselves. So make sure you're going to all of our videos, hitting the like button, and subscribing. We're almost at eight thousand six hundred, and I, our goal is, is to be at nine thousand by the start of the season. So uh, that's where we want to be, 9,000 by the start of the season. We, we want to be at 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Help us make it happen. Help us grow, Peter people. We appreciate you. Please do. And, yeah, like Scott said, just thank you to everyone that watches the show and gives their input and chats and comments and tweeting at us and everything. Uh, it, it's awesome to get everyone involved, and we couldn't do it without we you We love guys. you guys. Absolutely. And- Thank you, everyone that does Super Chats. If you Super Chat us, we will make sure that we get to your question and answer it uh, almost right away. And uh, we got one from Trustin here. He says, off topic, any chance of bringing in Gerald McCoy again as another defensive lineman in this rotation? And would he accept the role compared to his old role? Scott, Um, I'll let you start with this one because you've had a little more experience. You know, the, the, the thing with McCoy is, uh, and and the the biggest reason why Jason Light wanted to make that switch and cut Gerald McCoy and bring in Adamic and Sue was the fact that Sue never got hurt. <laughs> the guy was an yeah. absolute Iron Man, very much like how you were talking about Rondé Barber just a second ago. 
the greatest ability is availability, right? And you look at Gerald McCoy, boy, they, you know, the Bucks got rid of him kind of at the right time. He went to Carolina. You know, I don't think he played an entire season. Maybe he did. I think he missed a couple of games. But then the next year, right, he signs with Dallas, gets the, I think it was a quad injury, and missed yeah. the entire season. Then he comes back, signs with the Raiders last year, gets hurt in, I believe, the season opener, and uh, yeah. and hurt his knee, and he was out for the year. So uh, McCoy is in his mid-30s right now. I'm going to say 34, 35. And his body just is just not holding up. You see that with Jason Pierre-Paul. You, you you see it with with players, man. It just at some point in time, when you have all that mileage on your tires, you just you get some blowouts. And I think that's what's happening now to Gerald McCoy. And so, I think with with experienced players that have a serious injury history, and when you miss two c- consecutive seasons like McCoy has, uh, even for the league minimum. Teams would rather give a younger guy a chance, a younger guy with more upside, more potential, more promise, a chance than signing uh, an old guy that you just don't trust their body. And so I, I think Gerald McCoy is done. Um, I, I, I know he's not coming back to Tampa, but I, I don't think that he's going to get signed elsewhere unless it's in like an emergency fashion. And if he can come in and pass a physical, maybe a team gives him, you know, right. a uh, like a, a, a mid-season look. But and I, I, I saw McCoy was on, it was either NFL Network or he, he was on a, a football show on TV recently. So He does a I'm great not, job on TV, Matt. Like he, I watched he him too. He's good. That's that's well, his lane right there right now. So that's know? what I was going to say. It's like, I'm not speaking for Gerald McCoy, but it seems like he's got his yeah. eyes set on what he's going to do next, which is be an analyst uh, in the NFL, which I think would be awesome and yeah. great for him. It does seem like he has one foot in the door, one foot out the door, kind of like Richard Sherman as well, where he's going right, to, right. to, you know, Amazon and sure. If a team wants to sign him, he'll go and, and play there, but he's right. got his other plans going and yeah. it's different. It's different with McCoy coming back to a team and then, okay, he's going to accept the role as a rotational guy. It's different yeah. than bringing in a veteran such as Steve McClendon, which the Bucks did two seasons right. ago. And he's on the team last year where McClendon yeah. is used to that rotational nose tackle interior defensive lineman role. He's only going to get a number of snaps. He's got to stop the run. That's yeah. his job. And he does it to his best ability and did it, you know, effectively. He had an impact for the Bucks. where McCoy, all he's really known is being the guy at yeah. defensive tackle and defensive lineman, even Carolina, you know, he, right. he lined up there most of the time. I don't know if that would be necessarily be the best fit um, coming here to the yeah. box. And as you said, just going younger in general just seems right. like the right move. It's so tough sometimes when you're used to being the guy to not having that role. Right. And and sometimes uh and listen, Gerald's a guy, he likes helping younger players. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that per se. But at the same time, sometimes the coaches want to coach and they want the players to come in and just, you know, help out, right? But but uh, but not be an alpha, right? And I think that's why JPP is yeah. not going to get re-signed as as well, because you know it's JPP wants to play. They want to they want to play Joe Tryon Shoinka. Obviously, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. Shaq Barrett's going to be the other starter. It just it just yeah. it, it's it's not a great dynamic to have a guy that has an alpha personality sitting on the bench and playing a handful of snaps per game. So that's why it's 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 not going to happen. 
I um, agree. Shout out to Tom with this uh, with this comment here. What about bringing sap and rice? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, I, last year Simeon Rice came to training camp and he um, <laughs> he met with Joe Tryon Shoyinka after yeah. uh, you yeah. know introduced himself. They had a little conversation. Yeah. And everyone was saying Simeon Rice looks like that he could still put on the pads yeah. and line up for like 15 snaps in a game. It was truly incredible. I'm, Matt, I'm telling you, in my three <laughs> decades of covering this team, just about three decades, Simeon Rice was and still is the best athlete I've ever covered. Yeah. He, I, I, I would watch this guy do two, you know, back in the Gruden days, they had two-a-day practices, one in the morning and then one in the blazing heat out there in training camp. In, or, in Orlando at, at the celebration, um, yeah, at Disney Wide World of Sports. Oh my gosh, it was brutally <laughs> hot. There's no wind over there. It's not like Tampa where you get the the trade winds, you know, from from the Gulf. You're in the middle of the state. There's no wind, and he would do his second two hour practice, and then he would be doing sprints after practice, like they did some after practice conditioning. And I mean, you see guys, you know, jogging, right? They take their pads yeah. off and they, they're jogging, you know, doing 53 yards across the field. And Rice was just just bouncing like like a gazelle, just <laughs> striding. He looked like he could practice for two more hours. I've never seen an athlete like that. I, I've talked to Sap, Lynch, I mean, his counterparts. Mm-hmm. And they all said he's just the best athlete they've ever played with. I mean, and, and Sap is a tremendous athlete for his body type and his position, et cetera. You know, uh, Derek Brooks, one of the fastest linebackers in his prime. Um, I mean, Simeon Rice, just there's nobody close. He's just just that amazing. So, um, you know, that, that's that's my take on it. Uh, one question here, and then we're going to get into today's topic. Um Jim wants to to know who is the most exciting wide receiver outside the top three in your mind. So obviously the top three being uh, Mike Ed, uh, Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. So out of the reserve receivers, who's the most exciting in your mind? I think I know yours, Matt, so I'll let you say it. I'm actually torn between two guys. Um, I wanted to go with Scotty. Well, Cyril Grayson, it, yeah, he he's up there for because it's – all about what have you done for me lately? And yeah, the last we saw Cyril Grayson, he was scoring game-winning touchdowns uh, mm-hmm. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's taken the biggest stride, and um, you know, you talk about perseverance. I yeah. think Cyril Grayson Jr. is the definition of that. Yeah. I'm excited about him, but and I said I wasn't going to get too pumped up about this guy, but I, I can't help it. I think Jalen Darden, if they can, oh, if he can, if he okay. can improve with putting the, the the pads and the helmets on, if he could really improve in training camp, which, yeah. you know, he he checked that box off last year uh, in right. terms of OTAs and minicamp. It didn't totally translate over into, um, you know, into training camp. Right. This year, once again, he checked that box. I would say he even took it a step further, just degree of difficulty of catches that he was making, yeah. getting even more open down the field. And I know the Bucs didn't connect on that, but once again, I think with time, they will start connecting on those. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Jalen Darden. Okay. Can he take that next step in a full all-out training camp, getting more reps than Tom Brady than he probably right. did last year? Uh, we've seen him improve. It's time to improve a little bit more. We, we catch a lot of crap because we sit there and we we sell everybody on Jalen Darden like we did last year. Folks, all we're doing is just we're taking a snapshot. We're taking a picture of this is what's happening in the minicamp. This is what's yeah. happening in OTAs. This is what's happening in training camp. We're taking pictures. Those pictures, they change. 
right? Yeah. They, they, they can change, good or bad. And so all we're doing is, is saying right now, Jalen Darden looks good. We, we said it last offseason. We, we weren't trying to pump anybody up or, or sell anybody on a notion uh, that we we're just stating a fact. And then when the pads came on, uh, and, and I wrote about this in, in Friday's SR's Fab Five, and Jalen even admitted it. Um, his head started swimming, right? Because now all yeah. of a sudden, it's it's live bullets. You've got helmets and shoulder pads on, and all of a sudden, he was unsure about some of the routes he was running, and he was rounding some routes off, wasn't running them crisply. And remember, he got yelled at quite a bit by Bruce Arians for his route run. And so th- that was an instance where um, he didn't know the playbook well enough. And that's okay because he was a rookie last year. Rookies are not going to come in and day one absorb the entire playbook. Also, too, uh, and I'm not saying he has a learning disability per se, but certain players learn differently. Now, I talked to that's Peyton true. Barber, former Bucks running back. He did have a, a learning disability. He was dyslexic. So, you know, he, he wow. couldn't. I didn't even he, know that. Yeah, he he really couldn't um, uh, read, and he was also ADHD. So he he couldn't really read and absorb the playbook as it's as it stood. Uh, conceptually, he could look at the drawings and understand that, but for him, he actually had to be out there on the field doing the reps, right? Knowing which hole to hit on this particular play, and kind of making his brain work that way. Um, O.J. Howard was another player that that really needed the reps. He actually had to physically do it and run the yeah. reps. And Kevin Garver said with Jalen Darden, Hey, some guys can, can, you know, listen to it in the classroom and pick it up. No problem. Some people can look at the actual play, see the little stick, you know, route and, and, and visually see it and go out there in the field and do it. Um, Jalen is like OJ Howard, where he actually has to physically run the route, Right. And if it's five yards and break here, seven yards and break there, you know, come back, curl, whatever the route is, he's got to actually do it. And so where where he's limited in that instance is he gets held back because you only get so many reps, right? Yeah. And, And so if he's not getting the reps, he's not learning as fast or as rapidly as somebody who looks at, at the, the card, looks at the, the play sheet and says, okay, this is the route in this play. So they got it once there. Then that player actually goes out and runs that route, and then they get it twice. For Jalen, he's not getting it once and twice. He's getting it once only when he sees it and does it on the field. So I think that's what slowed his development down a little bit, and he admitted that in, in the article. Kevin Garver said that. Mm-hmm. And so now it's year two. He's gotten more reps. And, you know, we didn't see Jareth Stearns out there. We didn't see Scotty Miller out there for the last part of OTAs, Matt, and and for the, the minicamp. And with those two receivers out, plus Russell Gage out, plus Chris Godwin out, that's four receivers out of the 13 out. That's more reps for Jalen Darden, right? Maybe 10 more reps per practice, maybe 12. And that's just 10 or 12 more uh, reps to accelerate his development. But he looks faster this year because he knows the plays. There are more choice routes and option routes in the Bucks offense that there that there wasn't in the North Texas Mean Green playbook, and he didn't huddle in college. Now he's huddling, and <laughs> so there's there's a there's a lot to it from a guy making a jump from North Texas to the NFL, and we'll see if he can put it all together. We're not making excuses for the kid; these are reasons. But yeah. at the end of the day, 
he's going to put it all together and do it. Yeah, listen, I mean, when Leonard Fournette came into to Bucks minicamp and he looked overweight, we said that he looked overweight. Same right. same with Vita Vea. So we call it how we see it, whether a player is doing really well or, um, you know, if they're underperforming. And Jalen Darden, as you said, and you, you had a, a great section of the, uh, the SR's Fab Five where, uh, as you just spoke about, everyone, I, I just put it in the uh, the chat there. So make sure you check it out. Uh, goes in depth on Jalen Darden and just what to uh, – what to see from him next year, this season coming up, and where he may have struggled and where he's going to take the next step. So, as you said, it's all about, you know, with all those guys out, Darden had to, by choice, they had no one else to go to. He had to go in and get those reps. But yeah. it's what you do with those opportunities. And I think he, for a majority of it, made the most of those opportunities. I really want to pick Scotty Miller. I really did. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't healthy for... Bucks mandatory minicamp. Yeah. He wasn't there for minicamp. I don't know what his status is going to be for training camp. I would like to imagine guys like him and Stearns are going to be healthy enough where they can play in training camp because if, if they're not getting reps in, you can almost pencil in Darden as at least in the top five of receivers. We'll see what's going on with Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, I find so fascinating because he'll go through periods of like, He's yeah, almost he invisible. And then he and, disappears. And, <laughs> yeah, and then he balls out. So I'd like to see a little bit more of uh, consistency from Jalen Dart. Uh, sorry, from uh, from Tyler Johnson. Yeah, And uh, I, I just mentioned Scotty Miller and obviously Jalen Darden coming from North Texas, not the, yeah. the, the biggest program. Guys that are kind of uh, underdogs going into this season. Yeah. And um, the best place, if you want to play, uh, you know, fantasy football and fantasy sports, the best place to go and do that is, is with Underdog Fantasy and their $10 million in prizes right. in Best Ball Mania. Guys, if you don't know about Underdog Fantasy, as I said, it's the best place for fantasy football this summer. Uh, their Best Ball Mania 3 tournament has $10 million in prize money. And the best part is you just draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, no in-season management. And Underdog Fantasy gives you your best score each week of the season and the highest scores at the end of the year win so you don't got to worry about your opponent when there's a bye week and the champion of best ball mania last year actually just recently coming up on the one-year anniversary of when the champion of last year's best ball mania won two million dollars in prizes they drafted right around this time so um the earlier that you draft the better plus underdog fantasy is going to double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars when you sign up with the promo code pewter that's four free entries into Best Ball Mania. So what are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store and sign up for Underdog with the promo code Pewter. Draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Pewter. And get yourself a squad. Win that money. $10 million. Everyone can use it. Yeah. Tonight, um, I'm going to be uh, going to Underdog Fantasy and doing my pick'em on the lightning, I've yet to win, but I'm addicted to it. It's really fun. It's easy. You get to pick a, you get to pick at least two players. You have to pick one yeah. from one team, one from the other, and and I'm gonna probably pick two or three lightning players, and then one for the avalanche. And if you know, if, if, if there's multipliers, so if you pick four players, if I bet ten dollars, I have a chance to win. I think a hundred, two hundred dollars, whatever it is. So. Mm -hmm. I'm try again. It's a fun little pick'em game that you can do for not just NHL, but baseball too, and and uh, and then football uh, in season as well. So a lot of cool stuff on Underdog Fantasy. So let's get into our topic for the show today. 
which is training camp sleepers. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think this guy right here, right? That's Devin Tompkins from Utah state. This is a kid that, that, um, I think more people were probably more excited about Jareth Stearns from Western Kentucky. And yeah. uh, I think he's one of the guys that, that you have um, on your list, Matt. Uh, Jareth Stearns, 150 catches, right, for almost 2,000 yards, I think 17 touchdowns at uh, Western Kentucky last year, w was catching all those passes from uh, uh, Bailey Zappi, who was um, – I think he set the the single season FBS passing record. Uh, just a phenomenal uh, sing, single season for both uh, Zappy and Stearns. Mm -hmm. But the second guy, this this guy right here from Utah State, Devin Tompkins, he is uh, a jet man. This guy is uh, runs a, a four three five. Might be the fastest Buccaneer. Uh, certainly the bu fastest Buccaneer receiver. Um, maybe Cyril Grayson is, is in that, that mix as well. But you look at Scotty Miller, four, four, one, you look at Jalen Darden, four, four, six, this guy just has a, a top end speed, uh, an electric speed that, uh, when Todd Bowles was asked, who are you looking forward to seeing the most in training camp? This was the guy he picked. He wants to see little Devin Tompkins at five, seven, 167 pounds. He wants to see him with pads on, Matt. Yeah, Scott, let's actually uh, play that video. And he's quick. We know he's quick. He's fast. He can get off the ball quick. Again, the false start penalty negated a lot of things he had. But, you know, he's the guy we're looking at, interested in seeing training camp. A couple of guys. He did really well today. He did his thing. Um, all these young guys, they come in and they give me extra motivation because they just got so much juice and just – they want to play. It's their dream. They want to make it. And just watching them work, it inspires me. So they've been doing great. And I hope I can help them along the way. But your turn, Seth. Scott, yeah. so Tompkins has been receiving praise left and right from coaches and players, as you saw from Todd Bowles there, along with star wide receiver Mike Evans. But Todd Bowles not only spoke about Devin Tompkins in that press conference, the next day he was asked about, um, you know, who he wants to see in training camp, who are mm -hmm. some of the – you know, unsung guys that you really wants to keep an eye on when, when training camp gets here. He went out of his way twice to mention Devin. Yes. They were similar questions, but nonetheless, right. he gave the same answer two times. So yep. I think it's more than just the speed and the, and the skill set that he has on the field. He's already catching the attention of coaches and players. You know, Mike Evans right. was, was very supportive of him as he was of a lot of the other receivers. But right. again, Mike Evans doesn't. Mike Evans is obviously a great guy, but yeah, there's no BS with him. You know, yeah, he's not just going to say a player's yeah. a good player just for the heck of it. You know, interesting he, to note too. Todd Bowles, defensive-minded coach, was said twice in an offensive player, an undrafted rookie free agent. Right? I mean, that's that's saying something. So he's on the list for those reasons. Uh, uh, Stearns was the the FBS leader in catches and touchdowns last year. Uh, receiving touchdowns and, and yards, and uh, Tompkins was second behind Stern. So the Buccaneers not only signed the top FBS receiver last year, they signed the second best guy too in Tompkins. Now the thing with Stearns, let's talk about about him too. Sure, uh, I'm, I'm excited about him at the rookie minicamp. This guy just got open effortlessly. There was just something about him. He almost had like a force field around him, right, Matt, where he just got open, and then he had a tractor beam where he didn't drop the ball either. So the force field, the tractor beam, 
there was something special about this kid. Unfortunately, he suffered, I think, a soft tissue injury. Uh, like Scotty Miller, was not a participant in the last week of of OTAs, I believe. Yeah, and then was not in there for the the mandatory minicamp. Um, so it, it gave Tompkins a little bit more of a spotlight to shine. But we'll see Stearns during training camp plenty. Yeah, Scott. So I think Tompkins was the best receiver in minicamp. But again, Scotty Miller wasn't practicing and Stearns wasn't practicing. When OTAs was going on and Stearns was available, I, and this is just my opinion, I yeah. felt that he was the best receiver that was out there. Yeah. The catches in traffic, I think, were great. And Tompkins yeah. excelled in that too. But I, it really right. stood out to me with Stearns. And he's even a smaller guy, I believe, or they're right around well, the same time. I mean, he, he's five, seven and a half, maybe five, eight. So he, yeah. in terms of, of the, the, the size, the, the, the height, they're about the same, but Stearns is a little thicker. He's a little bit more put together, uh, about 190 like a, 190 like a pounds too. the way that yeah. he could just get open and he was making catches down the field. He's making catches across the middle and yeah. he's a small player. Yeah, but he plays like a big man. Like he his, does. His verticals are off yes. the charts. He can get up yeah. high and make some plays, and I think right. that's what's now, really exciting. I could see him as like a, a as a kick returner. Yeah. So I think there's a role for him on the team. Right. And and both Tompkins and Stearns were in that mix along yes. with Jalen Darden doing the returns. Right. So that when we saw punt and kick return, those were the guys in the mix there. So we're going to see which one of those three little receivers, Darden, yeah. Burns, or Tompkins, ends up winning a roster spot and, and maybe that, that return special. Scott, one last thing on Tompkins uh, for everyone watching and listening. Go back and listen to our interview again with uh, Cyril Grayson Jr. Because we asked him about guys that stood out, and he mentioned yeah. Tompkins by name. But it, what he was really impressed with Tompkins was that this guy carries a notebook everywhere. He's mm -hmm. asking really intent questions yeah. uh you know in the uh you know in the room in the wide receiver room right uh, when they're all gathered there so Tompkins is obviously doing it on the field but he's putting in all the preparation behind the scenes so I right. thought that was important to point out that um you know the veteran guys I know Cyril yeah. Grayson is still a younger guy in his NFL resume but if Cyril Grayson Jr. is, is noticing it I bet the mm -hmm. coaches are and I bet the stars like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are seeing it no too. Doubt. so uh kudos to him for yeah getting it done in the classroom. So Tompkins was one of my guys. Stearns is one of yours. Let's let's stay with the wide receiver position and get another one of your training camp sleepers. This guy right here, Kalen Geiger, right? Um, again, another small guy yeah. out, of, out of Texas Tech, about 5'8", about 170, 180 pounds. Uh, really small guy. But again, without Scotty Miller, without Jareth Stearns, without Chris Godwin and Russell Gage, this is a guy like Devin Tompkins that made the most of those extra reps and had a nice end around, right? And uh, yeah, and he, he a, made a nice a, wide receiver screen, caught yeah, some nice he, passes. He had a he had a catch in the end zone for a touchdown where he had to adjust on the ball. It wasn't like yeah. a, a total spin, but right. it was just a really nice athletic play. And I think Geiger gets lost a little bit in the shuffle, just in terms of Tompkins really stood out, and I think we were pretty high on Stern. So as far as the undraft, the wide receivers go, yeah. he might be the least noticeable out right. of the three. And, you know, even his college stats don't really 
you know, fascinate you that yeah. much. Well, listen, um, as a Big 12 guy, I can tell you, Texas Tech, they have not had a good quarterback probably since Patrick Mahomes. So Yeah, so he played uh, He played two years at Troy, had uh, 873 yards and five touchdowns his first yeah. year at Troy, 752 and three touchdowns his uh, second year at Troy. And then he went over to Texas Tech his one year there, 43 receptions for 533 yards. Yeah. And only reached the end zone one time. So right. uh, he also had 12 rushing attempts for 98 mm-hmm. yards at average 8.2 yards. So, you know, not the worst stats of all time, but definitely right. not something that you're going to use necessarily in an argument of like why this guy should make your team or not. But yeah. you know what? The stats are one thing. Just watching him on the field, you know, in these practices – I just see a guy, one that's very confident because yeah. he was screaming after he scored that touchdown. So no one in particular, but you know, yeah. he was going wild for making a good play, as mm-hmm. he should. I think people should celebrate when they yeah. uh when they make a good play on the field. But just watching him, he looks like a very smooth runner. I didn't see too many drop issues with him. Right. He just looked comfortable in what he was doing. I, we yeah. talked about Rashad White as a as a smooth type of guy. Mm-hmm. I would put Geiger in that category yeah, a, a I agree. little bit. Yeah. as well. So I just think he's a player that I don't know if he's going to make the 53 man roster, but I think he's got a great opportunity to make the practice squad. And most importantly, yeah. he's going to push some of the other guys, whether it's Scotty sure. and Jalen, he's going to push these guys to yeah. really earn their spot on the team. He just makes for great competition. I don't view this as just, okay, well, we need to fill out the, you know, the, the entire list of players for training camp. Let's just give him a jersey and he'll play for two weeks. I think he's legit going to make some noise. Yeah. Might not make the team, but I think he's going to really, really up the ante for everyone else in that receiver room because there's a lot of players. We've talked about that. 13 13 receivers on his team. There's a lot of guys. And and there's a reason why there's 13 because all of these guys look like they can play, if not on an NFL roster right now, on a practice squad. And if, if, if you stick on the practice squad long enough, and you develop, you might turn into the next Cyril Grace. And speaking of practice squad, Cody McElroy has been Mr. Practice Squad at the tight end yes, position. He he's 29 years old. He's he's hoping he is the next Cyril Grayson because Grayson's about that age too. And like Grayson, who was a track star at LSU, didn't really play football, didn't play football at all. But the thing is, is when you look at at, at uh, Cody McElroy, he was a baseball player in college. He was a basketball player and then walked on as a as a tight end at Southeastern Oklahoma, not Oklahoma yeah. or Oklahoma State, Southeastern nope. Oklahoma, and he caught a handful of touchdowns. You know, he's he's a big, tall drink of water, 6'6", 255 pounds. He fits what the Bucks like in terms of their athletic profile, a tight end. He's a good athlete played and starred in multiple sports in college, but just has not been able to put it all together. But they liked him better than Tanner Hudson. You know, Hudson Hudson actually made the roster for a couple games, Matt, but it just got to the point where Hudson wouldn't block, right? Yeah. Uh, he, and, yeah, he was never he was never known as a as a blocking tight end. Yeah. That's actually something that uh, you know, Bruce Arians really got on his case. He's like, yeah, right. he's a great receiver. We yeah. just need him to block. We all remember the the greatest preseason duo of all time is Ryan Griffin and Tanner Hudson. That's right. But <laughs> still wasn't enough to really get him on the team. <laughs> Correct. And and Cody McElroy was a better blocker, and he could catch the ball on occasion. Not all the time, but on occasion. Matter of fact, Cody McElroy only has one career catch. It was back in 2019. I a, re- third, a 30-yard I catch, remember th- almost scored. I think against yes, the Yes, I, I – 
it was against the Texans. I remember Texans, it right, vividly. Yes, yep. And yeah, he like he was parked at like the one yard. I think he was in the end zone, but if I recall, Jameis kind of had to like scramble a little bit. Yeah. And he got the he got the pass going, and McElroy had to like run forward a little bit, yeah. make the catch, but like stay in bounds at the same right. time. It was a very, very nice play for it was like a good his, catch. Yeah. Yeah. That's his 30 lone yards. Catch. Yeah. <laughs> That's his lone catch. He did. He was active for a couple of games last year when there were some injuries at the tight end position. Was targeted once, didn't come down with it. But yeah, this is going to be a really, really big preseason for Cody McElroy. You look at the numbers, right? They're stacked against him, especially when Gronk comes back because you have Gronk and Cameron Brait as the two veterans. Then they just drafted a pair of tight ends in Kate Otten, who will be on this roster, right? Unless he's on injured reserve. Yeah. But he's supposed to come back from that. Ankle, uh, ankle surgery, and be ready for training camp. Otten will probably start off as tight end number three. Coquifed, the sixth-round pick, probably gets that fourth spot unless Cody McElroy just puts it all together, and then they say, okay, as a sixth-round pick, maybe we can sneak Coquifed on to the practice squad. But this is it. As I wrote about in the Fab Five, this is it's now or never for Cody McElroy. He has been on – the team since 2019, mostly in a practice squad fashion. Th this is the time. Like Cyril Grayson at the end of last year, made the most of his opportunities. It's time. It's time for Cody McElroy to put it all together, or I think he's going to go by the way of, of the Tanner Hudson. I find McElroy a very interesting player in general because he's got the great size, and I like him as a you know in-line type of receiving tight end. And we just talked about that he's a better blocker than Tanner Hudson. Yeah. While that may be true, I don't necessarily think he's a great blocker in general. He just, he's yeah. not a very physical guy when he's not, no. he has all the makings of, he should he be a should very, be. yeah, exactly. a very he physical person. And I um, think he's a, I think he's a good receiver in it, in itself. But again, that physicality came back to hurt him. I remember one of D Delaney's interceptions in yeah. many, in uh, OTAs, came from it was essentially a jump ball between yeah. D Delaney and Cody McElroy. And right. it's like D Delaney's use 5'11. Your, use your size, Cody yeah. McElroy. Come on, make that Box play. Out, man. But then don't make Buc Blaine Gabbert look bad, damn exactly. it. Exactly. That's the worst part of all of it. You it made was. Blaine look bad. But then yeah. to Cody McElroy's credit, he did make a nice jumping, leaping touchdown in Bucks minicamp yeah. in a goal line red zone situation. So they need from more Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. But uh, making like, up for that horrible play, he's so big and he doesn't play with the the size that he should. We talked about Stearns playing yeah. like a big wide receiver. He does. I don't. Stearns, I don't see that at all from Cody McElroy. Right. You remember um, Steve Smith, Panthers, yes, Washington team. You know, yes, he, he played bigger than his size, right? And I, I think yeah. Stearns. I agree with you. I think he plays bigger than his size. McElroy plays like he's six two, six three, and he's six six. So. A crazy, um, obligatory Blaine Gabbert uh, photo yeah. to get you all through your Monday. <laughs> hey, congrats to Blaine Gabbert. Uh, him and his wife, they just had a, a baby girl recently. Oh, outstanding. Yeah, I think over the weekend. So That's congrats, fantastic. Congrats to Blaine Gabbert. Yes, congrats to Blaine Gabbert. It's it's always a, a better... It's always a better planet Earth than there's more Gabbert's on it. So that's, <laughs> Agreed. that's, that's Agreed. fantastic. Um, rounding out my third choice for the, the Bucks potential training camp sleepers is this guy right here. And most Buck fans are like, who is that? Yeah. That is Sidarius Hutcherson. He was an undrafted free agent out of South Carolina last year, played left tackle. And uh, he is 6'3", 321 pounds, 
uh, very well put together, big, physical, nasty dude who had a pretty good training camp last year. His, he's, his run blocking is way ahead of his pass protection. And he got hurt in the preseason. Here he is playing left guard. Not sure if it was this game or if it was the Texans game. Interesting that that was the game. If you look to his left, so that's Hutcherson playing uh, left guard. Nick Leverett <laughs> was playing left tackle in that game. And Nick Leverett's smaller than Hutcherson, who played left tackle in college, I believe, at um, at South Carolina. So mm-hmm. uh, Hutcherson gets hurt, tears his ACL. He's out. Um, it's not even been cleared to to practice yet. He was out there doing individual workouts during the OTAs and minicamp. He's expected to be good to go for training camp. He's the forgotten man in the battle royale at the left guard position, Matt. You've got, in this corner, Luke Gedeke. In that corner, you've got Aaron Stanley, the veteran. And then over here, you got Robert Hainsey, the second-year interior lineman. And over there, you've got John Mulchin. You know, I mean, it. Uh, who else is in the mix? Who am I forgetting? Nick Nick Leverett. He's played center. He's played left tackle. He'll play left guard. I mean, do you throw in Hutcherson, too? Who else am I missing, Matt? They've got like four or five other guys playing guard or trying to play guard. Yeah, I know. Uh, did you mention Hainsey? I know JC I was yeah. in the. Yeah, I know JC was right. in the chat mentioning. So, uh, there's there's like six players in this battle royale for left guard. It's probably going to come down to to either uh, uh, get a key, the second round pick, or Stinney, the veteran. You know, I, I think that that uh, the Hainsey, the the former fourth round pick, he you know he's he's a a long shot. Don't count him out. Yeah. Nick Leverett, don't count him out either. So Hutcherson. It, is he a long shot to make this roster? Yes, he is. But man, you were over there and you saw some of of the one on one reps that Hutcherson had in in pass pro. When he gets his hands on you, he he literally knocked defensive tackles down, like yeah, like pancake <laughs> them in one on ones. That doesn't happen. Now, when those hands miss, it's ugly. Okay, when it when he misses, it's bad. But when he gets those massive hands on you. Like, good night. It's over. Like, you know, enter Sandman, right? And so I'm just curious to see, because in the run game, this guy is fantastic. Um, in, in certain pass protections, when when he was effective, uh, he was good. Can he come back from this injury? He's got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, he might be a long shot to make this roster, even as a backup. But he has got the physical tools, Matt, that excite me. And obviously, that they've excited this uh, this football team. One of my favorite things in training camp is the first couple of times that we get, you know, just straight up one versus one. Yeah, outside linebacker versus offensive tackle, or you know, defensive tackle against interior offensive linemen. So I think that's where Hutcherson could really prove himself, or, or just the entire battle royale. I mean, that's the most direct, clear pathway to like earn a job on this team is win those battles and then carry that into let it translate into, you know, 11 on 11s when you get going on with that. Yeah. I think the bucks more than anyone else. We've talked about this before. They know how to find those diamonds in the rough uh, at along the offensive line and, and bring guys in here that not many know about and can make an impact on this team. I think depth is so important at the offensive line. You look at last year when Tristan Wirfs got hurt, yeah. And, you know, a couple other guys missed a little bit of time. Nick Leverett had to play in that yeah. um, in that, that indie game, game after yeah. Aaron mm-hmm. Stinney got injured. So I'm excited to see what Hutcherson can do. Um, as you said, he's got the tools that if he can yeah. fully put it together, 
that he could really be something. The blueprint's there. It's just a matter of, um, yeah. he, you know, piecing he, it all together. He's got to be healthy. He's got to he's got to have confidence in that knee, and he's just got to go balls out and balls to the wall and just play hard and be better and pass pro. We'll see. But the thing is, I think he's a player worth investing in. I think that whether you know he's a, he's a long shot to make the roster, but maybe you invest in him as a practice squad guy, as a developmental guy. And listen, if you're going to do any type of investing, uh, the, the place that you want to do that is Muni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow today aim uni financial plan ahead stay ahead listen in today's economy with inflation the way it is you need a muni financial on your side now more than ever whether you want a vacation in colorado whether you want to retire to colorado uh, managing your family's wealth means more to muni financial than simply allocating your assets it means legacy planning brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immunity Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Folks, do what I did. I've got most of my financial investments with Immunity Financial, and I can't recommend them enough, uh, more so than they're just an advertising partner with Peter Report. They also manage my assets and my retirement accounts. So do what I did. Call Immunity Financial today at one 800 84 686864. That's 1-800-868-6864 or visit muni.com, A-M-U-N-I.com. Matt, that was a fun show today. I, it really, to me, felt like that was probably the best Peter Report podcast that we've it, ever done. It's up there. It's up there. I think it just inched out Thursday's episode. So this, without question, the best podcast we have yeah. ever done. Folks, if, if you were tuning in today for the, for today's show, I mean, you just witnessed history. That's pretty exciting. Uh, anytime you can do that, uh, that's phenomenal. We're hoping the Bolts make some history again. And Please. <laughs> we've come back from a 2-0 deficit, and it starts tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. So good luck to the Bolts tonight. Um, the other thing about making history is we have a chance to do this tomorrow and actually have the best Pewter Report podcast episode ever tomorrow. And can we do that? I think we can. Why? I, because yeah. we're, we're talking Bucks camp sleepers on the defensive side. And it's always sponsored by Celsius. That's Elijah Ponder uh, for you folks at home that aren't familiar with number 44. Read the SRS Fab 5. It did a little feature on Elijah Ponder who dropped 35 pounds, played at 275 at Cincinnati as a three-tech. And and is now a 240-pound outside linebacker. So we'll talk about Elijah Ponder and the defensive players uh, that we like as training camp sleepers. They might not make the roster. If they do, it might be number 52, 53 on that roster. They might make the practice squad. We'll see. But we're going to be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time to talk about that here on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.